So I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, however that was, whether it was seeing family, whether you were alone, whether you were traveling, whether you were, you know, looking forward to Santa coming, the whole nine yards. I am very excited about this podcast episode and in the last recent episodes, I did mention that I wanted to bring on a guest and that I was going to end the year not doing a solo episode and as promised, that is exactly what I am doing this week. And this might be one of the most special podcast guests that I've had since starting the podcast because it is my first family member and I talk very highly and very dearly of this family member. She is sitting right across from me and I would like to welcome her to the Who Actually Knows podcast. Welcome Gigi. How are you? Thank you, Emma. I'm doing very well. Excited to be here. I'm also very excited. And so to give you guys a little background on the inspiration for this podcast. So a few podcast episodes ago, I did an episode called Confessions of a Small Town Girl. And I sat down and I talked about where I was from. And I mentioned that I grew up on a wedding venue slash farm. Well, I would not have had the experience or upbringing that I have had if it was not for my Gigi who full name Sandra Wolfram, but I call her Gigi, which is a nickname I gave to her when I was five and my grandpa. Um, and they bought this farm and it has been a piece, a very, very good piece of property to our family. We welcome everyone with open arms to it. And it is honestly a part of who I am. And I think a, a part of who all of our siblings are. And so we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about how We got the farm and how it turned into a wedding venue, a little bit of the the past, but also in 2020, Gigi and I sat down to write a book and this was a COVID project and we're going to get into the details of why we started, how we started and where you can find it. It is called The Farm, A Love That Lives On and keep listening because there are some really, really wholesome and great details in this. (laughs) So... Gigi, again, I am just so excited to be sitting down here. I wanted to do this over Thanksgiving, but I forgot one chord (laughs) and we couldn't do it. So I'm happy that we're sitting down here now. Um, And I want to give a little bit of background on the farm because I was born in 99, moved out here and have been raised here ever since. But the farm was in our family well before that. And I mean, your story even starts well before the farm with Grandpa Dewey. True. I was never able to meet. So could you talk about how you met Grandpa Dewey? Oh, of course. Uh, I was at the University of Minnesota doing my student teaching, about to graduate. And I moved off campus into an apartment closer to where I was going to student teach. And the same weekend that I moved in with my roommate, Dewey, we call his name was Dwayne, but he had a nickname Dewey, moved into the same apartment building. He had been transferred from Chicago to Minneapolis um, as an insurance manager and was looking for a place to live. So we met that afternoon. And that evening, one of the apartment dwellers had a party, and we both attended it. And we kind of just struck up a conversation and a relationship um, really rather quickly. Mm-hmm. So it just started that way, and then um, 
we continued to see each other and grew into a very exciting relationship and we married two years later and then you moved to Chicago as well right which is a big part of the story right and it was that before after marriage well it was actually right at the time we were married he was going to go back to Chicago um, and that was in 1965 so we married in August and moved back to Chicago okay got an apartment there yep and then why and when did you start looking for a place outside of the city? Well, we had um, we were in the city, right in the city for a while, and then moved to the suburbs. <clears throat> but um, I think there were two reasons. First of all, Dewey grew up on a farm, not the farm we're talking about, but a real working farm in Jodavis County. And I think down deep, he always just kind of missed being in the country. Mm-hmm. So from a personal standpoint, I think he always thought he'd like to get back out into the country for weekends or have a place. And then he also wanted to get the kids out of the city and experience the country. So well, that's basically why we started looking. Mm-hmm. And then you guys weren't looking for farms initially. You guys were looking at places around the lake. That's true. Not too far from where he grew up, mm-hmm. they were developing a lake um, in a community called Apple Canyon Lake. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, look at a lot around the lake, and maybe that would be the answer to like a second home. But it was going to be too much of a community, too much like basically city living. You'd have a neighbor right next door. Uh, you couldn't let your dog run free and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we gave that up and uh, <clears throat> decided maybe we'd start to look at more of a farmland or even look at, he even suggested just buying acreage and building something. But then a friend of his told us about this farm um, back way back in the, in the hills. <laughs> and uh, so we explored it. Mm-hmm. And then what year did you guys end up buying the farm? We actually closed on the farm in February of 1973. Okay. We started looking at it in 1971. That was our first visit. But Mrs. Gable was not at all interested in selling at that point. And she was a little bit um, peeved that we had even driven up to her farmhouse and talked to her about the farm. Um, but as we kind of corresponded with her more and made more visits, um, it turned into a friendly relationship and we ended up finally being able to buy it. Mm -hmm. And so once you guys bought it too, I've seen photos and we've talked about this before, but it was a fixer upper essentially. You guys did a (laughs) lot of work. Um, so could you maybe talk about you know, some of the first few projects that you did, what the farm looked like in the beginning, because it looks, I mean, it's a wedding venue now, so it's totally different. Right. (laughs) Well, the first impression was, as you drove up the hill, there was a beautiful farmhouse, but it was painted pink. It was badly in need of paint, not pink, but that's what Mm -hmm. she had done. And then the barn across the road, which is now the barn house I live in, was desperately in need of a roof. Mm -hmm. Um, So those two things were like, oh my goodness, it's gorgeous in its own way, but it's awful in another way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And then there were all kinds of other small barns and buildings, most that needed a great deal of repair. And yet we could see something about it. We both just thought, this is an amazing place. And we both really fell in love with it, even as bad as it might have yeah. looked. <laughs> and how often were you guys coming out to the farm then to work on it and visit? Well, after we closed uh, in February, we we started to come almost every weekend. Mm -hmm. And um, couldn't start any real major projects, of course, until spring. But then um, the roof on the big barn and other roofs were the main priority. Um, as most people would know that, you know, if you don't have a good roof, you won't have a building for very long. Mm -hmm. um, I was anxious to do things in the house because the, the uh, rooms were all wallpapered with horrible wallpaper. <laughs> but um, Dewey was like, no, 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 the barns come first. So the house waited a long time. <laughs> that is so funny, the pink house. Yeah. The most. Um, yeah, and so all of the barns on the property, they are original barns, but you guys did move one. Right. Like Actually, <clears throat> we moved um, we moved one barn from the original farm that Dewey grew up on, mm -hmm. um, which was the horse barn on his family farm. And we made it, we completely restored it to a horse barn mm -hmm. here on this property as well. Um, and that was moved from his farm and then we moved the church from another location. Mm -hmm. at a later date and the schoolhouse too and the schoolhouse yes yeah because yeah. um, the schoolhouse was a 50th birthday present it was which <laughs> is all discussed in a chapter of the book called the schoolhouse right um <laughs> and i think that's something that i we talked about and we wrote about in the book there's always a constant theme of preserving right life and the story of all these things mm -hmm. and that's why you had Grandpa Dewey's barn and you preserved that and then the schoolhouse and that's preserved with all of the antiques and stuff that you guys would buy in the church and it's set up as though it's you know back in the olden ages of you mm -hmm. know schoolhouse and you can go in and like walk in and feel the actual feel of what it was which right. I think is very special to you and Grandpa Dewey because you guys had I mean I don't want to say like your love language love languages was auctions but you guys went to all these auctions and that was like your dates right I think it was our love language yeah <laughs> we would attend auctions literally every weekend that we possibly could even though we had projects galore to do but in the late 70s and 80s auctions were filled with fabulous things and so Everything that I have, practically furniture-wise, um, and in this barn house and also in the farmhouse, uh, came from auctions. Um, and we just had a lot of fun with it. And he was looking for horse-drawn machinery and old things like that, mm -hmm. uh, which he ended up having quite a collection of. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we have little schoolhouse desks and a lot of old books in the schoolhouse because we could pick them up at auctions at that period of time. Mm -hmm. It really was a hobby for you guys. Oh, yes. Of going and picking the stuff out and then where are you going to put it? Mm -hmm. I remember a story in the book of what you had in the country store of that counter. 
<laughs> and you had a funny line. You were like, that was the test of our marriage. If we could get that counter back to the farm because you had a vision and Grandpa Dewey did not. Right. <laughs> yeah, I call it a hobby out of control sometimes because we almost got to that point. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, we've got such a wonderful collection of old things. It is. So. It is beautiful. And even speaking of the collection so every year for the listeners we have christmas eve dinner at Gigi's in her barn house which was an old barn that was on the property but they um redid it so that she can live here full time and there are antiques all around and original wooden beams and it is just such a cool experience to think about like the history that really lives here and we're still making memories in it mm -hmm, it's true so cool did you ever expect to live here full time Oh, I wanted to live here full-time from the first day we saw the farm. I really did. Um, I knew I wouldn't be able to. I mean, we had a business in Chicago. We certainly couldn't live out here. But my heart said, someday I will. Mm -hmm. And um, finally, in 2000, I was able then to actually make that a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You were a so. grandma? Uh -huh. And then you moved out here? <laughs> and at that time, so in 2000, they moved... You moved out here right into the barn house, or you were in the farmhouse for a no, bit? No, I was in the farmhouse, and then <clears throat> that's when you were a baby, and we were trying to decide, because your mom and dad had decided that they would like to live at the farm full-time out mm -hmm. here, where would we all live? Because we couldn't all live together forever. <laughs> we did for a while. And that's why this barn, because it was always such a, a unique building, and it was in good shape, um, it became the candidate to be converted. And then luckily, we had a wonderful contractor, Carpenter, who said, yeah, we can do it. The foundation is good, and, and he had fabulous ideas. Mm -hmm. So it turned out to be really very exciting. And it is still so exciting to come over here. One of my favorite stories that you had is your old wooden floor up on the main floor. So she wanted it to look distressed. And so you had a wreck the floor party is that what you called it well <clears throat> the we had to cover the old original floor because it was so um it was so bad you could never have walked on it with bare feet so we put soft pine down and then we had a beat up the floor party mm -hmm. and we invited everybody we could think of and told them to wear golf shoes to bring hammers to bring tools um Farmers came with the most unusual pieces of little <laughs> machinery, and we just really did wreck the floor, and it looks extremely old. It was perfect. It, it was perfect. <laughs> I love that story. And I mean, that story also is a good example of one thing that I know that you and even mom says is that this farm is meant for sharing. Yes. Like, if anyone wants to come, it's our doors are open. We will give anyone a tour. Like, mm -hmm. it's here to make memories and share stories and relive maybe your past if you were in the schoolhouse or you know mm -hmm. you know grandpa dewey or yourself um and even like at our sunday dinners like we all knew we had to sit down every sunday at a family but if you had someone that you were with or hanging out with they, they were always came invited. along <laughs> it was it was never just a dinner of seven it was always more which is right, awesome right but i love that and i think you instilled that where it's like no matter what your doors are open to other people because, you know, these experiences are we're sharing with someone else and right. other, multiple other people. Right. And people just seem to enjoy the property. I have so many people say to me, it's so peaceful here. Mm -hmm. And even though it may be a wedding and there might be a lot of people around and 
um, you wouldn't think that they'd think peaceful, but there is something about it that's peaceful. There is something about it that's peaceful. I yeah. mean, when I come back, when I would come back from college in Chicago and now L.A., there is something about just being home. And today, it's dead week, the week between Christmas mm-hmm. and New Year's. And I told mom, I was like, I just want to sit in the house and be on the farm. Like, yeah. I don't want to leave the farm. Right. And it's just, it's grounding and it's mm-hmm. very nice, very wholesome. And I, I love it. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning of, I guess not even the beginning from the time that you moved to now, what are some of your favorite memories of owning the farm? Oh, gosh. I would probably say, first of all, just the fact that we worked together on these projects, fixing up the schoolhouse, finding the things we wanted for it, um, going to the auctions, <clears throat> having a lot. We had a lot of company, even though we would be working out here. Dewey had a, a phrase he always said, we'd like to have you come for the weekend, but the deal is we work hard and then we play hard. <laughs> so you don't come to relax and People were all for it, and we got a lot of work out of people, but we had a lot of fun, too. Um, So we had a lot of people that came out. And just um, when Sunday afternoon came around, it was hard to think, oh, we have to go back. But we'd always stop whatever we were doing, and we'd make a drink, and we'd go on the porch and sit on the porch swing and just relax for a half an hour, maybe an hour, before we had to get in the car and go home. And um, those are times when I just, we would just talk about the weekend and plan ahead for the next weekend. And it was really a big favorite part of the whole weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's, I didn't, I didn't know that you guys did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sat down and like picked each other's brains on what you did that weekend, what you needed Mm -hmm. to do, what's going on in your week. Also, but probably really good for your marriage as well. Yeah. Just to be able to communicate and sit down together. That's true because we were, you know, busy, busy, busy all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. And so we keep saying Grandpa Dewey, Dwayne. Um, he is my late grandpa. How long did you guys have the farm before he passed? Well, he passed in 1996 in February. So from 73 to 96. Okay. Um, he never was able to live here mm-hmm. permanently. Um, so. It was, what would that be? How many years? years. Yeah. Um, but we had, every year was a good year, that's for sure. Yeah. There weren't enough of them, maybe, but they were great years. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I want to ask, before we start talking about the book, in your own words, what does the farm mean to you? Oh, that's a tough question, because it means so many things mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's um i think the biggest thing is it's brought a family close together and taught a family how to love and share it and enjoy it um and no matter what you young people do you can always come back and it'll always be home mm-hmm. and it'll always be a place where Hopefully you'll always feel comfortable and, you know, it just, um, it's just a part of my being. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can speak for all of us four kids too. We feel like this place honest, genuinely is home. 
Good. And like this is the place that we are like rooted in. We always know that we can, you know, mm-hmm. come back to it and you know, share all these memories and all of the core values. Mm-hmm. I don't I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for the farm and you and Grandpa Dewey and then mom's deep love for this farm as well. Exactly. And dad, you know, coming in and being a huge part of the puzzle mm-hmm. piece as well. I, it's just amazing and we're so for, so fortunate. I believe that's so true. And we're very lucky that we are. We look at this place as the blessing that it is, honestly. Right. right. And that is also one of the reasons I remember you know 2020 it was COVID and I got sent home from abroad Mm -hmm. and I had so much time on my hands and you had mentioned once before like you know there's so many stories this is you know my life legacy what I've lived out I would love to get it down on paper Mm -hmm. and that was like the inspiration of why you know I asked if you wanted to write a book because this I mean this is a story that needs to be shared yeah we share the property and we should share the story so I was so happy when we were able to find the time. Mm-hmm. Like COVID was such a weird time, but it did give us the two months or however, you know, right. long where you and I were heads down. It was longer than two months. Heads down, just you would tell stories and I would right. l- write it down <laughs> and it was awesome. Um, but that's that's kind of how I want to transition into talking a little bit more about the book. Okay. And so as you guys have picked up on Gigi and I wrote a book it is called the farm a love that lives on we wrote it starting uh I want to say maybe April or May of 2020 Mm -hmm. um and we had finished it before I went to school we did a little few more edits in August um before we found our publisher so it took us a little a little bit um and the book came out to be about 100 pages yeah yeah and you can get it on uh, Google, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can pretty much just Google it and buy it offline. Yep. <laughs> um, or if you want it signed, we can also work That's that out. That's true. We love signing books. It makes us feel, you know, a very New York Times bestseller over here. Um, but yeah, when was when did you first think about maybe you know writing stories and sharing your your story in the farm. Well, your mom has been <clears throat> prompting me for a long time to write things down. Um, sometimes when we would have guests around, we'd talk about things and I would tell a story and she'd say to me, oh, you've got to write that down. So that was the idea when you and I started that I thought this would be good basically just for a family memoir. You know, I never really in the very beginning thought we would just really publish it and it would be on Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been kind of back in the back of my mind for a long time. But to just sit down and do it myself, I don't think I ever would have. So it was a blessing that you had the time, mm-hmm. you were here, and it worked out beautifully. Yeah, and some of the chapters, so the way that we wrote out the book is we broke it up into chapter. And we started from the beginning and we went to... Um, present day so in the very end of the book there's a little update of all the grandchildren my mom wrote a little bit of her section of the book but really it started from buying the farm fixing it up Mm -hmm. stories in between moving the different buildings the echoes of the past and everything everything is its own chapter for everyone to read about the history right which I think is super cool but you actually did write a little bit of the book before we even started 
True. Because you had I giraffes had, on your laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I had attempted to to kind of do it because Becky kept encouraging me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just not as easy <clears throat> as it was when you and I were together. Yeah. And that was great. Yeah. And so our writing schedule pretty much looked like we would meet probably for an hour or two almost every day. Yeah. And we would sit in my kitchen or upstairs and we would just sit with our laptops and just you talk. would talk mm-hmm. and I would write the stories down and we would b- bounce ideas off of each other. So really it was like you're talking as I'm typing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are chapters, though, that you did independently write. Yeah, there were a f- there were a few, a few of them. Yeah. Right. Um, and throughout the book, also, you can find photos. So that was another part is that you we would come over and you would have the old photo books of all of the old machinery, (laughs) the Gable family, Echoes of the Past, Mm -hmm. Grandpa Dewey, Mom, the whole family in black and white. And I would photocopy them and then we put them in the book at the end, um, which we needed the publisher for that. Yeah. They were they were great. Yeah. Um, Did you have any favorite chapters out of the book? Oh, gosh. Um. I don't really think I could say that there were any because each one is so unique and yeah and each experience was just so cool in itself. Um, mm-hmm. I think moving the church probably was the biggest event because of the size of it and the um, magnificent way it came down the road and <laughs> on a semi truck, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so I think that's probably the most exciting move in the most exciting part of the book for me um but no I loved every part of it everything Mm -hmm. that we did me too I I mean there are some stories that pop out out of my mind and one is the counter in that general store Mm -hmm. when you bought that at an auction and you were like well I don't know how to tell Grandpa Dewey but we need to get it to the farm (laughs) I thought that was awesome the surprise gift because I at for your 50th Grandpa Dewey had been diagnosed at that point Right? Was that um, one of, no, not yet. Not, not quite yet. yet. No. Okay. Mm-mm. No. Well, the fiftieth birthday present of the schoolhouse was also one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Um, and then I do love the chapter that you wrote about Grandpa Dewey, especially mm-hmm. because I never got to meet him. True. And that was just you could tell through your words and your writing how in love you were. Yeah. You know, and it's like with what you've been saying and reading the book, when I read that chapter, I could just like imagine it mm-hmm. and like watching your love for mom and like that translate. I thought that was a really special part of the book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm actually because before we did this podcast episode, we wanted to reread the book. I did not reread the book fully. Did you sit down and reread the whole thing? I didn't really reread the whole thing, but I went through it and, you know, just kind of mem- remembered everything that we had yeah. been doing. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I can honestly picture r- typing out the b- yeah, book in the words because right. we read it so often. Because <laughs> um, once we finished the book, we found a publisher. And how did we go about finding that publisher? You know, that's a good question because I don't remember exactly how that did happen. I don't know if it was a Google search, if there was a recommendation from someone. Yeah, I, I think remember. it was a Google search, though. I really do. And mm-hmm. there were three. I remember I spoke to three um, and I think that a couple of them didn't feel that we had enough content mm-hmm. until we finally found this little iUniverse. And um, 
Yeah, it was pretty exciting. They took it and they liked it. Yeah, and well, and it was also nice too because they took it, they liked it, they wanted to publish it, and we told them we don't want you to change the words. Like, edit it, look for grammar. You know, you can add suggestions, but don't touch what we wrote. Right. And they were okay with that. Exactly. And that was really important. I remember when we talked about what we wanted from a publisher. Yes. How true. Yeah. Yeah. And then we started publishing from probably about August until it was fully published and printed in January. Mm -hmm. So August to January was our like publishing part. Yeah. And we, they would send it to us. We would make the edits. We would send it back to them. We told them where we wanted the pictures. We probably read that book (laughs) once a week, maybe twice a week. Often. Yeah, often, (laughs) often. And because at that point, I was back at school. Yes, true. And I remember when we finished the book, you had emailed me um, the final transcript. Mm -hmm. And I remember finishing it. And I ran up to one of my friend's rooms in my house, senior year of college, and I was crying. (laughs) And I was like, this is just so special. Like, I was reading them, part of the part that mom wrote that was just so, like, heartwarming. Mm -hmm. And they were were just so excited for me, too. They actually threw a little, um, like, book party for me. We were having a wine night. (laughs) And I kept getting texts of, like, when are you coming up for the wine night? And I was like, well, give me a hot (laughs) second. And I went up there, and they printed out a photo of you and I with the book. Oh, yes. And it was just like everyone in the house bought a book. That was the, we had so much support. Yeah, we did. We did. Which was awesome. We were so fortunate for that as well. How true. Yeah, once we got the book published in January, mom, Gigi, and Anna, was Claire there? No. No, Mm -hmm. just us four. We went to Schaumburg. We got champagne a lunch we took some photos we acted like it was our book release right it was just (laughs) such an intimate thing and i remember like so many people were reaching out after that and Mm -hmm. they bought the book right exactly and they would read it but then we also how many books did we buy to keep at the farm oh gosh couple thousand (laughs) yeah because we still we would give them to brides or you can purchase them when you come here and we would sign some i took a Mm -hmm. handful to LA good and so I started giving it out to my friends in LA telling them about it because yeah that's the best way they can get to know me honestly like to my core you'll have to take some more back (laughs) I actually will have to take some more back because I gave all of all of mine out (laughs) Um, well it was nice too because in the book I remember when we were talking I'd say you know Jim Thompson that was the contractor builder for the barn house um he became a character in the book that people could really relate to because mm-hmm. then he also fixed up the schoolhouse and he was a very important part of the farm and life out here. Yeah. As was Scott, who's mentioned in the book because he does so much. So the people that helped make this what it is um, were very important to us. Yeah. And, and we appreciated them and still appreciate them so, so much. Oh, so much. Yeah. And I think that's also you know, within the book, there's a theme of preserving life and stories Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing this property and love, but also like being a community member. True. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being from a small town that is also instilled in us of, you know, really love your neighbor Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, be kind and work hard for other people. And 
I mean, it helps out a lot. Yeah. It helps us out a lot. Yeah. And we are so fortunate to have the people that we do in our life. Oh, boy, we certainly are. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those people have passed on now. And and um, that happens as time goes by because we've had the farm a long time. Yeah. But no, I think have. people will really enjoy reading the chapter about moving to church. And because we didn't move the church to start a wedding business. We didn't move the church even because we really wanted a church on the property. But And I won't even tell the story because they should read it. Yeah, read, read the book, everyone. <laughs> but it is a, it's a good, good story. So, it is. Yeah. It is a really good story. And that is now present day. So we were just talking about how it is now a wedding venue. Um, my parents, my mom and dad, got married out here. And through word of mouth, someone had asked if they could also have a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the book it has also talked about, which I think is so cool, is they were like, oh, this could be a business. Like, mm-hmm. we could actually do this. And dad built mom her first website, and then she went to her first wedding fair in Galena. Right. And I was a baby, and she booked her first wedding. <laughs> and at that point, it was almost like the rest is history. Yep. You know, right. and now it's so awesome that she just told me she was – 89 weddings for next season yeah we and are. might open up another weekend maybe she said <laughs> um but it is just literally a perfect example of how much we love to share this property yeah and right for people to spend the best days of their lives and that wasn't even the point no it just it kind of did it on its own and it's continued to grow and mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's exciting it really is it is really exciting yeah um do you have a favorite part about writing the book I think spending the time with you and sharing the stories with you, because I can remember you would say often, oh, I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was fun, just, just the two of us and mm-hmm. uniting those thoughts. And um, Yeah, we got very close. Yeah, yeah. And just the accomplishment of it all was just such a satisfying feeling. It, it is. And I honestly, I haven't talked about the book or the writing process for a really long time mm-hmm. I might mention it to someone if it's brought up in conversation like I did write a book with my grandma but I haven't sat down and thought about I universe the people the characters the mm-hmm. process how many times we would sit in my kitchen table and just talk right and right. it was it's honestly such a, a special memory so I'm it is very much so yeah yeah I'm very happy with it yeah and we really should give Anna, your sister, credit for the cover mm-hmm. because she took the pictures and decided which one would be best on the cover. And yeah, I like the cover a lot. Yeah, everyone had a little voice in mm-hmm. that book too. Yeah, everyone was spotlighted. Everyone got an opinion on the font. True. What it would look like. Right. I remember where our names were going. Mm-hmm. Writing the foreword in the back of the book. Yeah. Because we also had to do that. There were so many moving parts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No. And it, did bring us all together. It definitely did. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you a question before we hop off. Okay. So this podcast is geared towards people in their 20s. And we're learning, you know, about post-grad, career, relationships, friendships, love. Honestly, just life. Yeah. <laughs> and I know there's no real books, but that's like, you know, this is the big defining age of, you know, that's we're going to grow in the most in our 20s. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice you would give to a 20-year-old or someone in their 20s as they're growing older and going through life? Oh, boy. (laughs) I know. It's a tough question. 
Well, <clears throat> I think you have to really remember who you are, where you came from. Um, I know everybody's focused on where they're going and when are they going to get there, et cetera, et cetera. But as you go through each day, each week, each year, I think it's really important to grab on to what you were taught as a kid, how you grew up, who you admire, what are the parents' values, grandparents' values. Never let go of that because you're going to be directed in all sorts of directions. Mm -hmm. And you want to just make sure that you're very, very stable in yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can take on all these other new projects, and but you won't get waylaid to be somebody that you aren't. Because a lot of people do. All of a sudden, they're not really who they really are because they're following too many other, you know, whatever it might be. So just stay close to yourself. Right. Might sound silly, but it's kind of important. Very important. Well, Gigi, I thank you so much. This was lovely. I, I love you so much. This was very special to me. Oh, thank you. It is to me, too, and I love you very much, too. Okay. We, we had a great time together, and we will have more. Yes, we will. <laughs> and everyone, you can find the book on Amazon, Google, Barnes & Nobles. It's called The Farm, A Love That Lives On. And thank you all for listening.